sauce. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez, and you're here for preliminary final weekend. We are going to preview both prelim finals coming up and aren't prelim finals the best weekend of footy sauce? It is so good to be here. Friday night, couple of frothies going on the Friday night already. You finish work all week in the staff room, in your lobby, in your in your car on the work. Everything is finals Football. Car on the work? What's, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Car on the way to work. Everyone's talking finals football. The radio stations, the podcast, Pez, and I can't wait to get into talking about two massive prelim finals. Probably the two closest um, finals we're going to be seeing in a long time, or just on expectation itself. Yeah. Four teams, I would say legit, it is a 25% chance for every team actually to win. I don't see really any clear favourites in um, both games already. It's going to be amazing. It's it's a ripper. It's a ripper weekend. The top four, they, they're deserving. They're in, in the prelim finals and they've given me no choice because they've put interstate versus Victorian teams and uh, avid listeners of the show would know I've got to go the <laughs> the interstate sides because my team's not in it anymore. So Port Adelaide and Brisbane, let's get it up. Yes, let's get it up, uh, Port Adelaide, but I'm a little bit different there, Pez. I am going for my cats, of course. But uh, what I do like about um, this weekend of football, we, we talk about um, how close it is. There's only $1 difference from uh, Brisbane, who are the favourite for the Premiership, and Geelong, who are not the Premiership. There's only $1 difference in, in terms of the Premiership outgoing markets. Not for the head-to-head markets, the actual Premiership, there is $1 separating from top to bottom. Yeah, well, all of these teams at some stage of the year were premiership favourites at one stage. Yeah, most definitely. And, and so were uh, other teams that uh, even won. GWS, who didn't even make the finals, were premiership favourites at one stage. But uh, these four teams are the ones that have deserved it. They're in there. They're ready to go. And tonight, in a couple of hours' time, we have Port Adelaide versus Richmond. Couldn't be any more excited. So excited, Pez. Uh, we've got Port Adelaide who spent the whole season on top of the ladder. First time since uh, 2000 that a team has actually done that. And we know last time, uh, Essen was the last team to do that. Only happened three times in history where that team has gone the whole season, including grand final day, and won the premiership. Can Port Adelaide do it? Do it? Well, <laughs> it's going to be tough for them. because very tough. <laughs> they, they've got to beat the Tigers. They are at home, though. And then they've got to travel up to the Gabba to beat either Brisbane or Geelong. But uh, Ken Hinckley has been confident. Confident. He's made some big calls this year. Uh, he's backing his team in again. Uh, a couple of uh, niggles and injuries, and he's backing him in with no change uh, in tonight's game. And Port Adelaide are going to give it everything, and they've got that home crowd advantage. Yeah, most definitely. No change to either sides. Uh, you know, we've got Trent Cotchin playing his 250th. Big occasion there, but, you know... It's probably uh, the, the Richmond boys are going to be up and about anyway. So 250th game, they're not getting up for for him. I hate when people are like, "Oh, you got to, you know, the, the grand final day, they're going to get up for this player." It's a grand final, they're, they're, you know. It's a prelim final. It's the same thing they're, as a prelim. They're getting up, right? They're getting up. No, it doesn't matter. The the home crowd will be um, helping. The 30,000 Port Adelaide fans are there, and probably a big chunk of. Well, you probably say what about 10,000? Maybe Richmond fans would be there. Oh yeah, I would have no idea with this uh, coronavirus time, but. Uh, Adelaide Oval has been pumping with the with the crowds, and when we were watching crowdless footy in Victoria in that first <laughs> or second round, it was uh, you could hear the players. It was really good to hear the players, but getting the crowds back on the TV and the real the real crowds without that fake sound, 
is much, much better to watch. And it's so funny that you can still hear those like one or two people shouting out stuff. And, uh, you know, whilst it's sort of got that local footy home crowd vibe to it, you can sort of, you know, it is pumping and it's definitely, um, you know, it shifted momentum in the Geelong versus Port Adelaide game. We saw it with the Brisbane-Richmond game. Um, with you know the home crowds really getting behind the, those home teams, but <sighs> Pez, <laughs> footy is great, and I'm so glad that we've got supporters back. But you still can get that local footy vibe to it. Would love to see uh, a sixty thousand uh, final, but we're not going to get that. So no, we're not going to get that, and that's okay because uh, this year they've taken the MCG turf up there anyway, and they're going to lay yeah, that well, out. What was that about? Like, well, I believe that Victoria have to have a little bit to do with it. So they're putting. Yeah, they're going to have, Ge- they're they're have Geelong in there. Do you know where they're putting it? They're going to put it on the left-hand side where uh, what's-his-face bounces the ball. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's dropped. He, he has to be. Raise, he is. Raise Ray. Get he's, him out. He's dropped. He's gone. He's, yeah, he's you, disappointed about it, but he deserves it. So we said that last week. We had a big rant about it. I'm not happy with him. <laughs> so no good. But they're putting the turf where the players run out. So not actually on the ground. Yep. Where the players run out. Because if they put it on the ground, that's yeah. uh, if someone gets injured on there, imagine someone tears their ACL on them. Does it have, to, does it have to quarantine for two weeks, the, the grass? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. The Surely cur- has to quarantine. The curators up at Brisbane have it at the moment, so we'll see see what happens with that. I think quarantine, mate. It's a temperature check. Look, nope. to be honest, I don't care about the grass. <laughs> I don't care about the footy. What, what are we doing, Pez? Talk about. Let's talk about the footy. Come on. Let's talk about the footy. So Richmond go into their fourth prelim in a row. Yes. And only two players have not played in prelim. From their team? From their team. From their named squad of 22. It'd be Pickett. Yep, that's one. And... Defenders, Bolter. That's the one. There we go. So two big names. Uh, well, not really big names. Bolter's been in amazing form. Definitely was uh, one of the early differences against St Kilda. Uh, Pickett has, you know, somehow kept his squad. I know I wouldn't be, but if I was a, if I was the coach of Richmond this year, Pickett wouldn't be in the side for mine. Who, who replaces him though? What Josh Caddy, Ch- Chol? No, Chol, Chol arts, can't. Ar- arts probably probably Arts would probably come. Yeah, up. Arts has been good up up forward for them. Um, but yeah, the first one you said, Caddy, he can play up on the wing. He can play forward. He's been a part of those premierships before. Uh, he's fallen out of favour for whatever reason. And, you know, they're inside the club. They probably know better than me. But Marlon Pickett just doesn't impress me when I watch him. He is an impressive player. Like, you know, grand final day, we've spoken about this many times. Impressive story. He, it's an impressive story, most definitely. And you know what? We, we all remember that one half spin that he didn't need to do and they, they blew it up and we saw it on every replay And he was about to win years. the Norm Smith medal and I oh, was like, Jesus. I was shitting myself that day because I was like, I can't give it to him. I can't give it to him. But, but you know, he's not an impressive player. He's not... He's not there to be an X factor. He's there just to, to win the pill and, and get you know get 15, 16 touches. But realistically, he hasn't been doing that, and that's why we wouldn't have him. Not because of his you know the X factor. You're not expecting him to get 30, 40 touches, but he's not doing those things that Richmond need him to do in order for them to be successful. Yeah, and uh, going into finals, it's a little bit different for mine. As as listeners know, when I just want to go for the interstate side because if St Kilda aren't going to win it, I don't want any other Victorian club to win it because that's most likely people you speak to and people you bump into go for those teams and become arrogant. So looking at the teams though, you, you look at Richmond's defence, Asprey, Grimes, Bolter, Loston, the big four, then you got Baker and Hooley running off the half back. Baker played a fantastic final the last two weeks. Um, very, very strong. If they can contain uh, Dixon, Marshall, he could be could be pretty quiet in a final. He had that shoulder concern in the first final. He he had has got up and and come in. Connor Rosie, big day for him. Robbie Gray needs to perform in big finals. Brad Ebert, I think there's a bit of pressure on Port uh, for being first and you know finishing first on top all year 
and Richmond are coming in possibly as favourites before the bounce. Yeah, most definitely. Like, you you probably say that they're, um, you know, when, when we talk about favourites, you're probably going to talk about the money line there. They're probably not going to actually become the clear favourite in terms of the money betting. But in terms, as what you said there, the the pre- premiership pedigree that they actually have there, there's two players that haven't played in a, <laughs> in a prelim final uh, and, and their star, you know, one of them is a, is a big impact player. We saw last week that he can stand up in big games. There's, you know, probably one or – there's probably only – handful of them haven't played in premierships you look at the Port Adelaide side they're young they're inexperienced this is the first crack that they've had they've missed finals the last couple of years you know I think last year they finished 12th and now they've gone up to first that big jump generally doesn't happen like this and you know it's very rare that teams come out of nowhere going from 12th to win a premiership so the pressure will be on Port Adelaide they will be looking at Richmond squad and they will be planning for some of those things and sometimes that can go the wrong way that can they can overthink it and yeah, while the money is not going to say that, in terms of actually their their lineups and you know the experience that they do and the coaching and when this you know the proven strategy that Richmond has, here's a stat for you, Pez. The last three premierships that were or the last two premierships that Richmond has played, um, so the last three years, they, they've uh, been playing during the year. Teams that they've beaten in the finals, they have lost to during the year. So okay. last year they lost to Geelong. Uh, and then the prelim or in the finals, they beat them. The year before, they lost to I don't know Collingwood or whatever. They come in and beat them. Not last year, the year before that. So they they've shown that they can adjust to things that happen in the preseason or in the preseason in the regular season to a final. So we know that they've got proven coaching success and you know being able to strategically plan for a final series. Yeah, and uh, you're talking about Richmond. You're talking about that pedigree, and and that's exactly what happens. You, you can't go past them really, but uh, Port Adelaide have a bit of pressure on them. 2014 is the last time they played in a prelim final and it was an absolute classic Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide at the MCG. I remember I was there and um, amazing game and going for Port Adelaide obviously is the interstate side. Uh, but oh, they, they do have pressure on them. McKenzie is the biggest question mark for me tonight as a key defender. They said he played a good game they in did, the first week. He didn't play week. a good game. No, He's obviously oh, no. had seven scoring shots. We spoke about it. Seven. Hawkins kick zero, five, a couple on the full. Uh, so Rewalt and Tom Lynch can yeah. take advantage of him tonight. But I think Jonas goes to Lynch. I think McKenzie. <sighs> I think McKenzie goes to Lynch. I think McKenzie goes straight oh, to Lynch. I, then I, think, I, have to, I think I have to put Miney down at Richmond then. Yeah. Oh, like. Like they can't trust him because it, they, they, can't they, were, get it they, done. they were happy with his job against Hawkins, keeping him goalless. They can't be happy with that. But they were, they were. He came out, like, you know, Hinkley came out and actually said it that they, they were happy there, uh, you know. And and obviously, if that's the the role, what sort of confidence that goes, you know, onto to McKenzie's mind going from the big forward for Geelong, the only forward to Geelong, to the Twin Towers, and you get the second rate Twin Towers who doesn't even really play the same role as Hawkins. Uh, McKenzie has to go to the third guy. He, he has to go to the third guy and Cleary come in to, to take Rewald or something like that. So, so who goes to Lynch in your mind then? I, I think you've got to put the captain, what, Tom Jonas. Jonas. I, I, Lynch hasn't been playing up the ground a lot. He's been playing out of that 50, out of that square leading. I think Jonas, uh, he, he has to try and um, contain him and, and be able to do that. St Kilda weren't able to do it last week. He kicked 2-5. But, but again, McKenzie but again, would be able to keep up with him leg speed, but he, he can't compete with him in the air. See, but like the, you look at that, what you just said there, 2-5, and everyone was toting how amazing Lynch was in that squad. 
two more goals than Hawkins, which, you know, realistically, it's not that not that big a difference, really. The same amount of scoring shots, the same amount of that's possessions. What, that's why I'm saying that's my point. That's yeah. why McKenzie can't play on one of these big guys. Oh, I think I think that yeah, I, I agree with you because my concern coming into this, and I think that, you know, obviously Port Adelaide will talk about their scoring power and then, you know, their ability to, to get a lot of the pill and, you know, win centre clearances. My big circle in, on my sheet here was Trent McKenzie, I'm really concerned about him down back because I don't think he can take either of them realistically. I don't, well, I don't, I don't have that trust in it. And so. if that's the biggest question mark for me, then that's a big question mark for Port Adelaide. Like uh, Ken Hinckley, he can't, he can't trust in him after that first week. After Hawkins gave him, gave him a bath without kicking a goal. He gave him a bath without kicking a goal. If they do that team defense and McKenzie runs with a Tom Lynch and leads him to the boundary line. Like Tom Lynch still has a chance it's not, to kick a few goals. That's not how Port Adelaide defend, though. That's that's how Richmond defend. That's not how Port Adelaide defend. Uh, so that that is really concerning them, uh, concerning for them. So obviously they get a big tick in terms of not only the the defence that Richmond have um, that they're playing against. Their forwards have a big advantage there, but. Know, you can you can definitely expose their their backline, and when they're a team that doesn't rely on their backline to get the ball moving, and their only job is to stop people from scoring goals, and we've got a concern there. Yeah, you have to lean towards Richmond. You have to kind of. And looking at last week, Richmond's midfield absolutely dominated St Kilda, so absolutely dominated. Sebros was trying to tag Dustin Martin, and Dustin Martin he played a different role. He was actually the sweeper, so he actually went off the off the center square, came in to get the footy after the clearance had already been won. So he would do that and he would enter inside 50. So you've got Martin there. You've got to play him a little bit different. You've got to plan for that. You've got Prestia. Now, I think Port Adelaide's midfield a little bit stronger than St Kilda's because St Kilda don't have that absolute superstar. They've got Jack Steele, they're building, they're, they're a young side. So Port Adelaide need to bring the pressure right from the start. Richmond's pressure is always elite and in finals, even better. So... St Kilda were under so much pressure coming out of defence last week and the turnover game was just immense. So I think Port Adelaide really need to stand up in the midfield and not even worry about the Trent McKenzie matchup. If they're going to play him on him, that's what that's what's happening. You can't concentrate on that. You have to win in the midfield if you want to win this battle. Yeah, most definitely. And that's uh, last time that these two teams played. Port Adelaide got out to a, you know, a decent sort of victory. They exposed them in the last quarter. But the one of the reasons that they took advantage of it, and we've seen in the losses that Richmond had, you win the midfield battle, and especially at Adelaide Oval, you win that clearance, you're basically one step away from having a 60-metre punt at goal. Right, so you get the ball out of the middle quickly, and last time they played, Port Adelaide won the clearances twenty to five. Now I know it's a skewed sort of stat there because you do, you know, didn't have Koch and you didn't, you didn't have, have Preston, you didn't have a lot of their players. Yep. And I think it was their second or third week of really having, you know, Short in there and Lambert in there, and, and you know, Dustin Martin playing some stints in there. But that is how you beat Richmond. We said it last week: you control the pill out of the middle, you get those center clearances, you get first attack at it, you make. Sure of your opportunities. You cannot have, if Port Adelaide want to win, Charlie Dixon going goalless. He, no. needs to, he needs to be a man mountain out there. He needs to get a couple of easy marks, kick a couple of goals, and because he is an absolute barometer for them, he is their spiritual leader. He will get that crowd pumping, putting up a couple of double pythons after a big goal, everyone getting in there. They will be hard to beat if they get off running from that centre clearance. If he doesn't kick a goal in the first quarter, he needs I'm to. concerned. He needs to. He needs I'm to really kick a concerned. goal. And, and if I was Hinkley there, I would be – Target him one out, and I would be trying to set up a situation where he's one out in the square, and he's the one you need to kick goals, or he needs to be involved in about four or five goals assists. So he's feeling up and about because we know what happens when he doesn't feel involved. All right. Well, so my second concern with Port Adelaide is the two big ruckmen. 
So Scotty Lysette, great ruckman uh, around the ground. Definitely going to have him in there. Uh, Peter Laddams, he has to play a bit up forward and try and stretch their defense because they've got Asprey, Grimes, Bolter, Vloston, as we said. So he actually has to go there and he has to present as a forward. He has to actually be a threat. He can't just stand by and just take one of them out of there. He actually has to be a scoring threat. If he's not, that's going to be a disadvantage for them. If he is, that's where they can get another advantage. Yeah, one of, one of the benefits that Laddams does have is he does have that sort of triple-edged sword where he, he can play up forward and where he's proven to do that. Obviously, that's not his, you know, his number one strength outside of Van Ruckman. But I would say his second strength would actually be his, you know, the way he moves around the ground and being able to collect that ball and sort of run with that midfield. And if he is going to be effective in that forward line, his primary role isn't just scoring goals, but drawing his defender out of that forward line. You know, because he is a threat to win the football in that forward, you know, outside that forward 50. And his role and his goal would be to try and pull as many defenders out of the forward line for Charlie Dixon. And, and you have to pick him because, because, yeah, of, the, because of the height of Richmond's defence. You got, you, got um, you have to do that. And it's a little bit worrying there. So we've spoken about a couple of concerns for Port Adelaide. Are there any concerns for Richmond? What, how, how did Port Adelaide win this? Yeah, the only concern that I have with Richmond is um, the first sort of, you know, it's just things that I mentioned last week that were concerning and they just seem to go missing. Right, last week there was, you know, there was a big period of the game where they went missing against St Kilda. You look against Brisbane, there was a big period where they go missing and it's not for any other reason, but they're just... You know, we spoke in the first week we spoke about their players. The reason that they went missing is because those big players didn't stand up. Last week... Did those big players stand up? No, I don't think they did. I think they consistently beat St Kilda and St Kilda were their own worst enemy. So for me, that is the big concern is that when it gets to push and shove, it gets late in the third and fourth quarter, close game, they, they need to have someone step up. And in the last two weeks, I haven't seen it. Previous finals, Dustin Martin steps up, still haven't seen that yet. Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, Port Adelaide do need to step up, don't they? They've got to really try and, try and take that. Richmond... They're going in with confidence and they're going in to to try and do things. One thing's for certain, Jason Castagna is going to take an uncontested mark inside (laughs) forward. Kick a goal. (laughs) He may may or may not kick a goal. Last week, he took an uncontested mark inside forward 50, didn't kick the goal. He missed it. But uh, (laughs) that that usually happens. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about Rioli's disposal, uh, Marlon Pickett's disposal as well. And and then you got someone like uh, Graham as well on the, on the outside for, for disposal. Nan Curvis, this is probably their biggest weakness source, I'd say, tonight. So Nan Curvis is, has to play 80 to 90% in the ruck because they haven't named Chol. They haven't named a backup ruckman. So it, when he's not there and he's on the bench, that's when Lysette and Laddams really need to take it to him and that centre clearance work really needs to take over. Yeah, and that's what they might try to do. They might try to expose the ruck because the clearance ball in beating Richmond is so pivotal. They might try and expose them and run him around the ground a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very risky move not naming two ruckmans against a team that, you know, the last week when they beat Geelong, they dominated having two and ruckmans. And they have two. Yeah, and, and they have all year. And one of the reasons they've been so effective as is Laddams would be a walk-up start in most... Most AFL sides as your ruckman, yeah. Like Geelong would definitely take him as a oh, step. Geelong, <laughs> Geelong for one. You know, like no, 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 no. You know, discredit to to Reece Stanley over the last couple of weeks. He's really found some form. But realistically, you've got two two pretty decent ruckmen there. You know, tap ruckman, ruckman that can run around the ground. They both play. They both can play. You know, offense and defense, and take some decent marks to to, to set up some scoring opportunities and also defend. 
you're right. It's a risky move, especially when Chol- Chol's been in pretty good form, I would say. Yeah. In saying that, Noel, Noel Bolter did play well last week in the ruck, so you probably didn't expect Chol to get back. Chol, Chol struggled as a forward uh, in the game against Brisbane. He, he stood up when he was in the ruck and was able to impact the game more. But yeah. um, when Bolter comes in to, to take that ruck, Port Adelaide really need to go for it. Most definitely. Yeah, we've, we've been a fair fair chunk of the show. We, we said to each other, we're like, you know what, we'll, we'll take it. We'll it's take prelim a, finals, mate. Shorter thing, and we <laughs> knew what was going to happen. We'll go a shorter approach to this one, but I think we've picked this apart, Pez. I think you can hear the excitement in our voices, and we can hear the, the game is very unpredictable. I think through what you've said and what I've said, we are both leaning Richmond. Don't give me a heart tip, Pez. Tell me who wins this game, how many points. We've done the why. Go. Power by three goals. Let's go. <laughs> You just told me why all the reasons why Richmond. I told you no heart because they're going to dominate them in the in the rock. Oh, okay. So they are going to do it. I think uh, my heart definitely says Port Adelaide. I say Port Adelaide by a couple of goals, but I think it's going to be uh, Richmond. You just want a Geelong Port Adelaide grand final again and I want a rematch. Rich- oh, 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 that'd be good. That'd be they, that'd be perfect. <laughs> Another hundred and something. In point that case, uh, Richmond by <laughs> <laughs> sorry Port Adelaide by six uh, six points. I think I think. Port Adelaide win it by six points. I think it is a really close game. But it's definitely going to be under 15 and a half points. But uh, I think that uh, Port can get it done with that home crowd. I think they do take advantage of having two Ruckmans. And they, um, yeah, they get their job done. You just told me I wasn't allowed to tip with my heart. I'm not tipping, I'm not tipping with my heart. You said heart. we both think Richmond. I think that the, the <laughs> we think that the... the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Screw it, right? Go power. <laughs> Let's go power. I've got an It's a prelim final. You got to, you got to get the. No, I, I, get look, I, I think that. I think that you know both teams can both teams can obviously win. They're they're both there. They've got a fifty fifty shot. I think that the the teams do you know line up to favour Richmond. Home ground advantage. Home ground advantage. That's what I'm leading to. Let's get the crowds. The and crowds. I think the areas that we exposed about Richmond are more damaging than... Yeah, <laughs> and because there's only an hour and a half look, into look, the look, bounce, yep. um, Port Adelaide are going to listen to this podcast <laughs> and they're going to see the areas they're exposed and plan for it. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I'll be expect my uh, championship medal, just like um, they do in the NBA, where one team plays at the start of the season for, for one team and then it gets uh, both medals. Yeah, that's... Varigel. I just I expect both my medal. That's right. Uh, Dion Waiters would have got, got one for Miami if Miami... There's no way he was getting off. one for, for Miami. <laughs> <laughs> the gummy the gummy worms. Gummy worms. The old uh, ugh, spicy gummies. <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway, but the, the other big game... You'll be very excited about this one. We we might not be able to spend as much time on it because we've got to watch the footy. But Saturday, 17th of October, Brisbane versus Geelong up at the Gabba. No MCG turf though. No, so it's a it's a home game for Geelong. Just the AFL's just let us know that we're having a home game uh, for Geelong. Well, it's not. You finished lower than Brisbane. Relax. <laughs> no, just every, every game's a home game for Geelong that we don't play there. Uh, yeah, we, we go up to the Gabba. Um, it, it's, it brings back memories for me uh, of last time I was at the Gabba. 2004 prelim final versus uh, Brisbane Lions where Geelong sort of threw it away. We are up at the fourth quarter break and then got run over the top uh, then. Uh, Gary Ablett was the last person. And he's still playing. He's still playing. He played in that prelim final and he's still playing now. It's a fairy tale, isn't it? Uh, yeah. In itself. Yep. So it, it's destiny. So the Cats are going to win. That's all you need to say. We're, we're done talking because I've, I've been feeling really nervous. People have been asking me all You've week gotta about it. You've got to be feeling nervous. It's prelim but final. I've, I've been avoiding talking about it because it's it's <laughs> it's tough, Piers. It's really tough. It is, you know, last week, but it's... 
you know, you want to win away, and it's 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 definitely. Uh, I think that's not only being obviously a bias supporter, but you know, a lover of football. And I think that you know, when I support my side pairs and I evaluate the games, I'm pretty fair with it. I think we've got a real decent shot. I like what we did last week. I think that Brisbane would have watched last week, um, been real concerned about some things. Obviously, Collingwood didn't show up, but their back line would be surely shitting themselves with. God, I hope Dangerfield doesn't doesn't come down forward. Yeah, well, they've as got, a, one, they've got a plan for both because he's definitely playing at least half up half the time up forward. Chris Scott did a good thing in playing him a lot earlier in the game last week instead of waiting till the game was done. Uh, but you look at the Brisbane side, you look at the Geelong side, you see the experience for Geelong, you see that kind of thing. But then Brisbane just have something about them. They've got that. They've got that fight. They've got. They've got something there. They've got Gardner and Leicester in their back line with Starovich. And they're a top two side for the season. You, you know what I'm trying to say? Like unknown players who have stood up and, and done really well this year, but they're unknown players. Yeah, and, and the difference is between them and Port Adelaide about that unknown player factor is the fact that last year they already made the prelim. They already made a final like this. They didn't make a prelim final. Sorry, they made the semi. They made an elimination final. They've, they've, they've done their yards. They've built the experience. They've learnt their lesson. They know what it means they're not coming from twelve. They're not coming from there. They're, they're, they're there. They, you know, they've had. The, they've built the pedigree. They, you know, they finished last year really disappointed. Everyone's talking about straight sets. They knocked off Richmond, who clearly I, I would have to say would be one of the premiership favourites. Went into the heavy favourite, and even this, the disrespect for them, you know, the only being a, a slight favourite against a, a team that finished finished third. Yeah, well, finished fourth. Sorry, finished fourth. Yeah. Second versus fourth. You, you got to do something. But the the biggest thing looking at the. Uh, the teams from last week is Lincoln McCarthy was named as as the ruckman last week. Uh, I wonder if that'll happen again uh, in mean, four minutes. Two time. weeks ago, mate. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago when they first played, yeah, because they had the win. Yeah, was, uh, so we're looking at the sides from uh, obviously uh, we can imagine that both sides would most likely go there unchanged. There has been no big injury news. I think they're going to be unchanged. Uh, I think Reece Stanley was the only injury concern. He went off in that fourth quarter with a bit of a knee concern. It has been his previously injured knee, but he did come back on and finished off the game. And listening to some interviews during the week on SEN and Triple M, the the the, the word on the street is that he's fine. It was just a bit of a, a knee clash, a bit of an ouchie. So he, he should be good to go and ready to fire. Mate, you, you look at the Brisbane side and you think they finished second in both years. They went out of straight sets last year. That's okay. They're a young side, but they've got a lot of players that fellow Victorians and people that go for other clubs wouldn't know. But but it's not only that. It's, the it's you know, you, and you hear it so much about in, in NBA normally because obviously it's a, it's a smaller, smaller sample size of, of players. You only got five on the court and they can make more impact. Where's Brisbane's superstar factor? They've got yes, they, yes, they've got Neil, obviously Neil. Where's their next one? Who who is their next best player? Like 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 literally, if, if there would be, you could throw up a handful of players. You could pull up, you know, yeah. someone like Zorko, Zorko, <laughs> yeah, Cameron. Barry's played a really. Rainer's good been starting to start find some form. You've got Lions, who's been getting heaps of the pill. Lions, yep. You know, you've got, um, you know, you look down back. You've got Harris Andrews, who's an almost Australian form. He'd probably be your next best player. That's 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 not concerning, but that, that's exciting for Brisbane because one of the things that has been made Brisbane so effective this year and last year, they've got so many weapons that can hurt you because when they're on, they are on. Mate, the biggest thing and the most impressive thing about Brisbane, smaller market up there in Queensland, obviously, with AFL, but you look where they were. They were at the bottom. They were near a north. They were going to go. No one wanted to stay there. 
Everyone wanted to go somewhere else. And now everyone wants to stay there. They're going to become a destination club because people want to go up there. They want to play up there. Chris Fagan um, has done an amazing job. It's not always just the coach, but with his relationships and stuff and things like that, he's done an absolutely amazing job putting his arm around these young kids and things like that. So built the, the community, the family factor, the, then you know what, I'm going to yell at you for 40 minutes. And, but then after you'll come to me and reflect about it and you'll be like, you know what? I did this wrong. I did this wrong. Have a great discussion. And then, hey, you bang, you're on. You saw the excitement last week when they won. And that sounds silly to say, but you could see that, hey, we know that we've got this next step, which is scary. When a team knows that, like, hey, we've got this, this this is our year to win. It's scary. Well, to beat a side that's won two premierships in the last three years, that that was super impressive. I thought Richmond were going to win that game. I thought that was going to happen. And uh, they, just, they just stood up and, and did that. They do have to kick straight. Their goal kicking has been a big concern this year. If Hipwood can kick straight and get a lot of opportunities, that will go a long way to them winning. And I think it's understated their their goal kicking has been an issue because everyone's sort of saying, oh, their inaccuracy killing them. It's not their inaccuracy. It's the wild pins and shot selection that kills them. They come into that forward line and there's so many better options. I think they're the, the number one team, and it's not a stat obviously, but just from a watching factor, that you see people in the goal square and people near their forward line and they wave the old hands in the air. The old, you know, the old ritual of like, hey, I was open. You see that yeah. so many times because they do have so many better options than just the spray that they take a lot of the time. Look, I, I do notice that, but when it comes to Eric Hipwood, I don't think he takes a lot on the run. I think... Not just Hipwood though. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying I agree with you for the other players, but Hipwood actually takes those set shots and he just keeps missing them. Yeah. He, he just keeps going. Sometimes he'll kick five straight and that's happened once this year, but other times, no good. But big news just coming in, Source. Yeah, just hot off the press. I just got a little notification there as well. The teams are coming in. Uh, heartbreak for one of the Brisbane's young guy, Caden uh, Coleman, who was, who was posed, uh, poised to win the Coleman. Poised. You've used it again, Pez. That's yeah. your word of the month. That's It is my word. Word of the finals here. <laughs> he's poised to win the Coleman and he, and he can't do it because he's been omitted from the side. But Cameron Alice Yolman, big body. That might say something. Are they are they scared of something? Yeah. Cam Alice Yolman coming in. It's an interesting move, Pez. Like, I, I, no one played bad for Brisbane last week. There's no one sitting there that you're like, you know what? It's a, it's, it, as I said, one of the things that I would be concerned as, as a Brisbane fan, is watching Geelong last week and exactly what we talked about. You've got experience. You've got some uncertainty of who's lining up where. You've got that pedigree in terms of there are a lot of players there who are premiership players. You've got, you know, like Harry Taylor, three-time premiership player, Ablett, two-time premiership player, Selwood, three-time premiership player. The list goes on. There's a couple more in there. Uh, yeah, relax. Yeah, but, but they know how to win. Now, the last couple of years, they haven't been able to do it, but they haven't been playing a side like this, an inexperienced final side who's had... One out of three big wins. Look, if if Brisbane miss a couple of shots, a couple of easy Ooh, shots, it'll be little, all those over little footsteps, for him. mate. They come. If Charlie Cameron has a big one, you know, what he said about Dixon. If Charlie Cameron kicks one or two goals in the first quarter, that goes a long way. And he's one of the concerns I have as as a Geelong supporter, and you know, as a football lover analyst, if you want to call us that, Pez, is that I don't know who runs with him. Because we're, we're very good at defensive. We've sort of got, you know, the, the, the back line. We've got a very set there. We've got, you know, Stewart and Tui and Harry Taylor. You've got little Harry there in, uh, in Henry. Henderson's been playing well. Henderson's been playing well. But I don't know who goes to someone like Cameron. 
because for me that's my know. main concern. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who you play on him and how you can contain him because I think he Stuart is a little could, pocket rocket. But but you've used Stewart as other other things. So does Henry go to him? Exactly right. I, I, when I say that I don't know who goes to him, I mean obviously you know you're probably looking at probably maybe Jack Henry. You might look at oh God, I hope Colin Jasney doesn't go to him. But O'Connor, maybe O'Connor. Look at that smaller player. But what it does do is whoever goes to him really adjust how we move forward because we are so reliant on that full back sort of style the the matthew scarlet model of anchoring from there swinging across and going you know what we saw last week we saw charlie cameron learn we saw him learn from earlier in the year they lost to richmond that bloody time and asprey was playing the the last man in defense and cameron he just sat at full forward put asprey wherever he wanted to be in the final cameron went up the ground and was streaming towards goal, was able to kick three against that same club. Yeah, it's, yeah, as I said, it's scary. It's it's concerning, and but he does have that impact. He can have that impact. The other side of the coin is when he's not playing well, Yep, he drops his head, and, you know, and I'd, I would never, ever say that someone is faking an injury, but I do compare it to the typical, you know, seven-year-old who uh, misses a shot on goal and does the old, oh, rubs his leg, or the basketballer who misses a shot yep. and sort of, oh, my elbow's a little bit so sore. So seven-year-old, you were saying, so that was you about 45 <laughs> years ago, just, oh, a little bit sore. 45 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Look at you, mate. As it hits the big 3 out and starts throwing shade about getting old. So don't, don't, <laughs> even, don't even try that there. But that is, that is concerning, though, because we spoke about how Brisbane have uh, built a really great culture. It only takes something like this, a really risky, high-risk situation, to let some of that unfold. And as we said, you said you noticed it a couple of, you know, through a couple of times of the year, a couple of people waving their hands. You do see Fagan go off. It only takes one or two people to drop their head, and Geelong will fo- see blood and they will go. Yep, we'll definitely see what happens. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about Geelong. I think I'm going to talk about strengths first. Uh, Tom Hawkins, obviously, All-Australian, leading in the goals, leading in the goal assists. Big strength. Gary Ablett, big-time player. Makes the right plays. Like, he didn't he didn't kick the goals last week, but he didn't have the pings because he spotted the players up. He did the smart thing. He's not there. He's not there to kick goals. As many as many people want him to be that, you know, that's that third or se- even the secondary sort of forward, that's not his role. His role, is to, his role is to be the experienced X factor. And you notice when those moments come. Those moments come and he's very well and he's an experienced player. He's ready to go. He's ready to go and he chooses when to write, I'm going to inject myself into the midfield for, for 10 minutes here. I'm going to win a couple of pills, get it out to the outside, and I'm going to make a make a dash for it. And, and that's what that's what he, he brings to the side. And I think in prelim final weekend, you've got to talk about what's worked well all year. Salwood in the guts. He's He's got a bigger heart than anyone out there, I reckon. Duncan and Menegola on the wings. Uh, amazing years that they have had. Blitzarv's been transformed as a defender. Harry Taylor's been doing his job all time, but Tommy Stewart had had a ripper year. Like, it probably couldn't have played a better year. Reece Stanley struggling a little bit. Dangerfield, All-Australian captain. Guthrie, probably his best year of his career. I don't know where he's going to finish in the best and fairest because they obviously haven't done that yet. Uh, and Tui as well. You speak about Gary Rowan. Struggled a little bit this year, Sauce, but last last final, he was taking grabs over overhead. He was quick. He was... He was doing all the right things. Yeah, and it's very easy for teams to go in with that confidence factor when you are up by so much. You know, with Gary Rowan, he did play a great game. But you notice when he's sort of, you know, his big possessions and his big mark come. They come later in the game when the pressure's off. And you, you notice the other cats, the experienced cats, what were they doing towards the fourth quarter and the third quarter? 
they're getting those young blokes involved. You know, they're chipping it around, trying to get those people involved. You are correct. They did have big games. They did build some confidence. Geelong would go in really confident with this. And I think that, you know, there's been a lot of talk during the week about Geelong's, you know, fate and, you know, even Scott's fate in terms of them having a reputation for bowing out. But I think this year brings some other hurdles in terms of the old uh, one game in three weeks, one game in 28 days. Geelong would be loving not having to win because they are going in, they are rolling, they had a you bad... You think it'll give them an advantage? For Geelong, yeah, most definitely. Geelong hates the buy. The older list. <laughs> I think that, you know, them playing themselves into form, they don't need to. They know exactly what they finished off with the end of last week against Collingwood. They, they were trained last week. What do you mean? Against the Pies? <laughs> yeah, it was a training, training session. Yeah, old training run. Yeah, right. but uh, I think Geelong. I think that's the you know. And if you're looking at Geelong from my term, my point of view, you know, as a Geelong supporter and, and a, a football lover, I think this is the best scenario for Geelong to beat Brisbane. Brisbane playing one game in 28 days. We've seen this whole coronavirus fixture. I could think it doesn't of one work. better scenario yeah. if it was normal footy and and you guys were playing a home game at the MCG. Yeah, that <laughs> that if we had our 2007 lineup, yeah. <laughs> uh, elite uh, elite Ablett, or 2009, 2011, 2007 when we you set reckon? the grand final record for the. Uh, oh, it's against Port Adelaide. <laughs> anyway, all right. I spoke about the strengths of Geelong. I want to speak about the weaknesses. I want to know from a Geelong supporter's mind first. Where do you see your weakness? Um, the obvious weakness is the ruck. Okay, I'm gonna, but I'm not going to talk about that because it's obvious. I think our biggest ruck, a big, a biggest weakness apart from that, biggest weakness is our inability to adjust when things are not going right. Okay, and I think that we, you know we saw it against Port Adelaide that you look at that last quarter we started to come back, but right from the word go, how did that not happen sooner? Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And that's my issue, that. and you saw it against. You go back even further with um, you know the the Adelaide game we played in the prelim last time we played Adelaide in the prelim uh, going back with that. Three years, four years ago, when when did Adelaide um, become the graveyard? About four, four years ago. When did Adelaide become the graveyard? <laughs> yeah, but this year, <laughs> no, well, they became the, their, their death came against Richmond. So, what year was that? Was it four years ago, four, three. You know about Adelaide or Gold Coast? You know when Adelaide when when Adelaide won the prelim against Geelong to play Richmond and then get you know humiliated and die basically after that. 2017? 2017. So 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 three years ago, the same sort of thing happened. Is that Scott stayed with a, a, a strategy for so long and then the last quarter we, we came back and made a, made a push at it and that's what's concerning is that Port Adelaide, they continued to do the same thing over and over again until the fourth quarter they changed and ha what happened? We, we gave a shot, uh, you know, at, at winning. You did and you speak about that as a weakness. I'm talking about players as a weakness. I've got four names for you and I want you to rebut if I'm, if I'm incorrect. Luke Dalhouse. Oh, tell you what, doesn't, doesn't he rate himself as uh, – do you know what he reminds me of? And like, oh, you picked a player that I'm not, not a big fan of because I, – I think he's a struggler. He reminds me of an Oz kick player who's just excited to be out there because every time something happens, he's so excited because he doesn't get involved enough. He doesn't offer enough he doesn't. offensively. Defensively, he does offer a bit of defensive pressure. He does like to get around the ball, but it doesn't ever, it doesn't ever re result in him getting the pill. So, so I agree with that. Yeah, you agree weakness. Cole Jasny? Oh, don't even get me started, mate. Uh, how this? I, I don't actually don't know the stats. Well, I do know the stats actually because I looked it up last week. He ran at seventy three percent efficiency. He had like fourteen touches or some rubbish like that. Every time he gets the ball out of the back line, yep, seventy three percent. That's horrible. That is disgusting. D 
disgusting. And, and every time he and you're talking about a disposal being effective when the player marks it, he puts every bloke he kicks to under pressure. Yep. I don't know how he gets a game. I would much rather have someone like Atkins in there and play him out of position than have uh, Colin Jasny. Yeah. There. Wow. It's two from two for me. I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll be around you in the next one because he did play a good final last week, but they won by ten goals or whatever. Jed Buse. Busey, Busey's been all right this year. I think that he is. Um, he does offer, and you're right. Last year, last week was a bit of an anomaly for him, a, a standout game. But he's been doing that in smaller patches. So that role that he played, probably if you you know you know divide that by three, that's what he gives you the game, and that's yeah. what we expect for him. So and and you, and you see that that's where I'm not going off just last week. I'm I'm going off a whole yeah and, and whole bank of, of ima- footy. Imagine you get a, a third of what he offered last week. From him every week, and that's roughly what you want from him. He's not a big role player. Yep. He's not a stopper. He anchors that ball forward. So you, you could probably make an argument for it, but I think I think he does enough in that side not to be a weakness. All right. The fourth, for what we ask of him, obviously. Yep. The fourth player, I'm going to say, probably with the media, they they pump him up a bit. Do you, do you want to have a guess of who I'm going to say? No. Well, no. You're going to go what? Oh, Ablett. No, I'm not going to go Ablett because Ablett's a, an absolute superstar and a gun of the game. I'm going uh, number three, Parfit. Parfit. Do you know what? Speak to me any other year. Would 100% agree with you. Doesn't offer enough. Doesn't chase. His second efforts this year have been unreal. And I think that that's what has made him a bit different. His, his actual disposal of the ball, a lot of the time he comes out of a pack and just slams it on the boot like an under 10. And that can be dangerous against an elite side like Brisbane who can really kill you on the counter. That's it what I've seen. Would definitely be a weakness in terms of that. But in terms of his hard, you know, hard yakka getting the ball, his forward pressure, his ability to to make the right decision until he kicks it. And that that's what, like when he handballs, he, he gets the ball and you can see him. It's like, right, do I go or do I stay? And he goes, it's the right decision. And then the inexperience comes when he puts ball to boot. And you are right. Well, it definitely can be happens. exposed. Yeah. And that, there's my there's my take on it. There's Geelong's weakness. So you you agreed with most of them there. Um, so I'm happy with that from a Geelong supporter. You've watched them very closely, uh, even though I watch every single AFL game. <laughs> yeah, there is. Uh, you say that, but it's just like <laughs> we watch it differently. Like, but it very you're very right that that we could definitely pull apart the weaknesses in there. But when you compare the sides, Geelong and Brisbane, I'll be honest. I I, I see more weaknesses in Brisbane. You definitely do. And you have to. You have to see more weaknesses in Brisbane. They're a younger side. They're an up-and-coming side. They have to play with a lot of heart. They have to play with a lot of uh, the, the crowd because they'll have the, the home crowd. And they've got that extra little bit of motivation. If they win, oh, they get a grand final at the Gabba for the first gra- time in home history. Home grand final. Home grand final. What? <laughs> You're right. That is an absolute gift. It would be absolutely golden if the AFL, just the old forks to uh, all the interstate. Sorry for interstate listeners, but if they did the old uh, Richmond-Geelong all-Victorian final in Brisbane, the, the best year for them to oh. have interstate sides. At least Brisbane in it. At least Brisbane. Like, no, 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 no. no. For like, the AFL. At least Port Adelaide in it. For the AFL, they want to have Brisbane oh, of in course, it. Of course, of course. Nothing against you going for Geelong. No, no, no. But they, they, That's they, what they would They love. want Brisbane versus Richmond. Big yes. Melbourne squad. So you get all the Melbourne followers. They probably build some nice support in there, a team that's going to be there. And obviously the home following. Because anyone who does who goes to the grand final next week in Brisbane and they know they're not following Brisbane, they're going to jump on the Richmond. A good Victorian side, a strong side, yep. success. That's what they want. And let's do that. And uh, let's get out. Let's 
Well, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, give, you're gonna give me a tip. I know. I know. Last one you went with a heart there because you don't want the, the Victorian side. Let's go the Lions. Don't don't go after that. What? Give us a give us a proper prediction. Yep. Let's go the Lions by about three goals as well. You are you are you are the biggest flog, mate. Absolute I told flog. you. Did I told you before the show? I but it hate, doesn't matter. I'm I, just talking about like from a we, we can do we from can an do, analyst point of view. We can do with our with our heart when we do our cheeky punt uh, show, which we're about to record after this. Make sure if you are having a punt uh, on on the big games that you quickly watch it before, quickly listen to it on uh, two times before you watch uh, the game. No, just get it on at behind the bound and then listen to it after the game because you won't be able to listen to it before. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, from when we're analysing the game, right? In the first one, we both were leaning towards Richmond. We both tipped Port We've gone with a hit, right? So if if you're going from an analyst point of view, I probably think that Richmond probably win win that game on, on what we've analysed. They're probably a, a smaller game. G- give us an analyst pick, Pez. Who wins this game? Points, and we've obviously gone through the why. But give us give us a, a one point summary, a one sentence summary. Brisbane Lions by 18 points. You're a flog. <laughs> An absolute flog. You, you, you've sat on the fence like a true flog. No, they, they, they get to play a grand final in Brisbane next week. And I think... So your one word is motivation. Motivation. They've got the biggest motivation there. Uh, Cam Rayner, a fam- uh, favourite of the show. He's 21st birthday coming up. We've we've got to get around him and uh, get him into a grand final. We, we get an invite? We get an invite? If it's a... Uh, oh, we won't an invite. Uh, over Zoom, you can do a video tribute if you want from the behind the boundary. You might not know who you are though, Sauce. No, I'll just... I'll, I'll be your date for the night. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, obviously, uh, my heart says Geelong, but my head does say Geelong. I say Geelong by four points and my word is experience. I think that that'll get them through. Yeah, that's soft from you. Bull dust. Only soft. four points, he says. Four points. That's less than a goal. Oh, well, well done, mathematician over you're gonna, there. You're going to be shitting yourself on the couch all night. Just, oh. I'm shitting myself now and then we're not even playing for another <laughs> no, 24 is, hours. No. You, every time you mention it, I take a deep breath and my anxiety goes up. Uh, it's horrible. It's no good, but let's get on the beers, get on Zoom and uh, <laughs> watch the footy with your mates. Uh, I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys.